0: all right welcome to a mostly gambling episode three full show today and we are absolutely loaded we're going to review a little bit about that game last night dewan harris less than an inch moving tens and tens of millions of dollars in las vegas last night most of the people got that line at four kansas minus four unreal we'll talk about the end of that game NBA. Last few days, we're going to get Jay's takes on who gets these close little races down for seeding. MLB opening day on Thursday. Yankees, Sox. I am so fired up. And obviously, the biggest weekend in golf, the Masters with Tiger coming into play. We heard today that as of right now at uh, filming time of this podcast recording time, he will be playing. He's going to play nine holes tomorrow just to make sure. But Tiger is in the field. We have J.D. With uh more information than anyone you can get on the golf channel coming at you with our masters preview. Jay, how are we doing?
1: Good, man. Good. Watched the game last night. Good game. Kind of sloppy though. I-, I don't know. Did you watch the whole game? Start to finish? I did.
0: And I had to put my phone down because I had an obscene amount of people texting me what was going on in that first half. Carolina just taking it to Kansas. Um I yeah, I can't
1: Kansas Kansas did that. Kansas did that against Miami, though, like a couple games ago. Kansas is kind of a late starting team. Uh, Yeah, it was an interesting game. I I thought the best team won. I mean, Kansas is a better team than North Carolina. Anybody who watched North Carolina play Baylor knew that, you know, when when the pressure gets ramped up on them and them guarding a lead, you know, they fold a little bit. But did did you find any of the plays at the end of the game kind of like, look, you know, you go on Twitter, you talk to your buddies, everybody's like, these games are fixed, right? oh, this happened or this happened or that happened. There was like three fucking things that happened at the end of that game last night where I was just like, what is happening right now? I know,
0: I know. And my first thought is I'm wondering is that Hubert Davis, first year coach, his inexperience in these situations, obviously Bill Self, you know, one of the best of the best and, uh, you know, getting no recognition this year. I mean, he just won a championship, but this was Coach K's year and Hubert Davis first time taking his team to the finals. That the 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 shot with like four and a half seconds left, just the standing around is what drives me crazy. You know, I know we used to get yelled at all the time playing high school and college basketball. When you stand around, nothing happens. Doesn't matter if you have Kobe on your team, KD, or you know Harden. You got to move, okay? Without the ball, I feel like that's one of the cardinal rules of basketball. And I didn't see a lot of that last night. I don't know if these guys are exhausted. I don't know if them beating their arch rival Duke hangover just destroyed them in the second half, but I remember thinking, and again, this is one-on-one. Tell me if I'm wrong here. When you come out of that locker room for the second half, if you're Carolina, Hubert Davis has to tell those guys, and they know this, play this game to win. Do not play this game to not lose, and go at these guys like you're tied, not up by 15 points. Is that insane?
1: You know, it's interesting to watch a lot of these games. Now, you know, you watch the AAU influence on college basketball. uh, You know, it's never been more evident. You know, 20 years ago, you really felt like these coaches were kind of playing chess and the players were their chess pieces. And they were, you know, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of sets that were run. And it just, it just really felt like the coaches were the puppet masters. And now, Like Carolina has a Huber Davis rolled the ball out to him and just said, go play kind of feel to them, right? Which is fine. And they have a lot of talent and it works. But, you know, when you get under two minutes and, you know, you get into situations and you have to run plays and you have to execute, that's when these coaches are supposed to make the big, big dollars that they make, right? And look, Huber Davis, first year coach, uh, r- respectfully, he might end up being a very good coach. I, I don't want to r- rip him completely, but that was pretty embarrassing. I, I mean, they didn't look like they ran a single play. Yeah. I mean, those those two plays they ran at the end of regulation to, were just panic-stricken plays. And, you know, the, Caleb Love has the conscience of Vernon Maxwell. This guy just shoots the ball from anywhere all the time. I think he was like 4 for 18 from the field no screens to get him open. It just seemed real discombobulated. And look, Bill Self, second national championship with Kansas, the most in Kansas coaching history. Kudos to him. Seems like an awesome dude. Not immune to criticism. Mike, four seconds to go. Inbounding the ball in your own backcourt, and you really design a play where you bring uh, your point guard towards the sideline, out of bounds, to get the ball, and then dribble. I know. All you have to do is inbound the ball. And squeeze the orange, as Clark Kellogg would yeah. say. Just squeeze it and let them fail you. There's no reason to have an out of bounds play that requires anybody to dribble after catching the well, ball. Well, for those of you guys that, uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I thought you're done.
0: No, go ahead. Go I was going to say, just to break it down, for those of you guys who don't understand what happened at the end, um, it, it was the worst possible situation for Carolina for or for Kansas. Four point something seconds left. They inbound the ball to Harris. He steps out of bounds. Now, if he stays in bounds for an extra second, he gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. If he makes that makes that first free throw, it's a four point game. Okay, we call that a two possession game in the last couple minutes in basketball. There's no way Carolina, unless they get fouled hitting a three, is going to tie that game. But for more important purposes of this podcast. If he gets fouled, the line on that game was four. Everyone I know had this line at four, Kansas minus four. The game was at three points. He gets fouled, makes two free throws. All of a sudden that goes to five and Carolina doesn't have a chance to advance the ball because it's college. They have to take a half court shot a la Christian Laettner or go throw it 75% of the court. And chances are Kansas wins that game and covers. So by Harris stepping out of bounds by like a millimeter on the first one, second one looked like about an inch. That I I can't wait to see the numbers. They still haven't come in yet about how much money changed hands because of that one millimeter.
1: It's it's in, mind blowing. Infinite. It's mind blowing. Infinite. It's infinite. Now, you, you couldn't calculate a number because off market money with block pools and and things of that nature, mm-hmm. like it, it's incalculable. Yeah. How much money traded hands on that? You guys play. might all get an alert and, today no, that... And not to, you
0: guys might get all get an ESPN alert today saying, you know, $380 million was wagered on that game. I would say multiply it by about eight because of what you said. Minimum. You know, maybe 10 because there's block pools, yeah. there's individual bets, there's illegal bets, which they're totally not accounting for.
1: So... Daily fantasy. I mean, it's like I said, it's incalculable, and you know, not to rip self again, but here's another. Like you know, I played college hoops. I'm on a bunch of group texts with a bunch of buddies. You know, all ex basketball players and varying NBA all the way down to college it just like you're just kind of dumbfounded now maybe i'm getting old i'm 48 years old and i'm i'm the old man get off my lawn but it's just the execution at the end of these games is kind of embarrassing even even when carolina gets the ball back with 3 to tie i was sitting there texting it's just like oh yeah they have to foul here oh especially if they put the ball on the floor mm-hmm. if carolina inbounds the ball here and the guy dribbles the ball even one time oh yeah foul him immediately it's a lot harder to catch a, to foul a guy on a catch and shoot and get it on the floor. But the minute the guy puts it on the ground, oh yeah, you foul him. Then there's like 2 seconds left on the clock. They're down 3. Now you need to make a foul shot, you need to then you need to miss a foul shot, get a rebound and score again. Now you need three things to happen. Instead, they let him dribble 3 times and get a good look. It's it just it was a weird game to watch. Uh, you know, college basketball, it, it was a fun tournament as usual, but it's NBA time, baby. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. One last thing about this. I had, I don't know how many texts, because I put up a video on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok uh, earlier this week for the final four, the two final four games, giving out some some important numbers for these teams. And uh, I love it. Thank you to everyone who got back to me. That was awesome. I didn't officially make a pick, but I, you could figure out who I was betting on. I can't tell you how many texts I got yesterday saying, give me some info for tonight. And I said, I can't give you anything because these are the two hottest teams in basketball. Obviously, just the numbers are through the roof. The numbers are through the roof. I thought there was going to be a little bit closer to the over. I ended up actually betting the under. Um, but I took a few of the guys um, on Kansas and Carolina to go over their points. And I went over three uh, manic over threes. I got but that in a game like this, the it doesn't matter numbers you could look historical numbers but the the 1968 kansas jayhawks have absolutely zero bearing in a national championship game on the 2022 kansas jayhawks things like that the only good numbers i can come up with even decent numbers were historical and those meant nothing to me these two teams were on a tear carolina went six and zero against the spread in this tournament they lost in the championship game but they still covered by one point six and zero against the spread those are kind of numbers that you and me love to hear jd
1: Best team won. Yes. That's all I know. I I mean, anybody who watched that tournament, Kansas was the best team in the tournament. They won. Kudos to them. We were texting after the Elite Eight. We'll see you next year, college basketball. We
0: throw out a lot of numbers, but you remember what we said after the Elite Eight? We both texted each other and said, Kansas is easily passing this eye test, and they ended up winning. So sometimes throw the numbers out the window. Trust yourself. See who looks the best. Kansas was it. Boom. Moving on, baby. How excited are you less than 48 hours away? A tradition unlike any other. Yeah. The Masters.
1: Yeah, baby. The Masters. Uh, it's been a great week, couple weeks for golf with the match play. And then, uh, you know, Masters, obviously, this week. Dude, fired up, man. There's just uh, the Masters is a, a fun tournament to bet on because it's like, it's it's weird. It is an experience unlike any other because it is a small field. It's, it's arguably the easiest major to win. Uh, assuming you can get into the field. But, you know, generally half the field can't even win because only one first-timer has ever won, Fuzzy Zeller, 1979. Uh, And then you have a bunch of, you know, probably 8 to 10 to 15 past champions that are, you know, in their 50s and 60s that can't win. So, you know, experience matters. It's uh, going to be a good week. I got a couple stats coming for you. Uh, and a couple, I'm not going to list the whole field. You go on some of these, uh, these gambling shows and they name 47 dudes in the field. And then on Monday after the tournament, they say, I told you to pick this guy. Well, that's cause you named everybody in the goddamn fucking field. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm only, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out, we're going to do two days of this. We got a show tomorrow. I'll throw some more names out tomorrow, but when we get to it, I'm going to throw about three, four guys out today that, that, uh, that I really like.
0: Okay. Good to know. Good. So tiger is also playing. I think he's like plus 4,000 to win it. he is plus 4,000. Um, some other random bets I was taking a look to that I want to ask you about. Okay. Um, Wednesday is the, the famous part three contest. Okay. Some of the kids come out, a lot of the older guys come out, you know, you might see Jack, you might see Arnie, all that stuff guys of that, of that, uh, I'll say caliber ilk, whatever. Those are, you know, some of the best, uh, the part three contest. This bet is interesting. There have been 90 holes-in-one in in the history of the Par 3 contest, okay? 2016, they had nine hole-in-ones. That's the record. No hole-in-one is plus 1,200, and yes for a hole-in-one is minus 5,000. Those are two monster numbers. If you had to pick Par 3 contest Wednesday before the tournament starts, will there be a hole-in-one? Which side of the money you put yours on?
1: Yeah, there will be. There will be.
0: 5,000 is a monster number.
1: I I don't have any... It's a monster number, man. It seems like I mean, you saw John Rahm a couple years ago get a hole in one by skipping it across the water four Unreal. times. I mean these these guys are these guys are just too good. Uh, so I would definitely go with hole in one for minus sure. five thousand. That's a lot.
0: That's tougher than betting on like Nadal or Djokovic in the first round of the French or Australian. That's that's a lot of money. Yeah, that,
1: that that's telling you all you need to know. I, I'm sure there's. A, I haven't looked at the props yet for the tournament itself for hole in one, but. You know, every year, 16, you know, guys are stuffing it on 16 on Sunday, especially because they have that backstop. They use the same pin location every Sunday for eternity. Mm-hmm. Guys kind of know where to hit it. It funnels down off the hill. So, you know, I think hole in one, probably a decent play uh, for the tournament. I'm not sure what the odds are. We'll have we'll have all that for you
0: tomorrow. OK, um, now here's another thing, too. I've had a lot of people ask me and one in particular, Mitch, who we need to get some info to shortly. Um and your your everyday better or people who don't even bet that much, they just look at that first section and say outright, "Okay, who's going to win? Oh, I like Jordan Spieth plus two thousand. Dustin Johnson, I recognize that name. Let me go sixteen hundred. Um, give people what you think. Some of those uh, the the good things you like to keep an eye on." Other than just outright winners, and we're talking day one leader, top twenty finishes, individual matchups in the groups. What uh, what's your comfort? What do you like to to gravitate to?
1: Well, this year specifically, I mean, and every year, I mean, course knowledge is uh, is paramount, right? So you're, you're going to hear here's a phrase you're going to hear a lot in the next couple of days. Uh, Augusta National is a second shot golf course. So basically, what that means is. Go under uh, the PGA stats. You want to find guys who are very, very good at strokes gained approach. Okay. That is the most important stat this week. Now, putting is obviously important. Scrambling is important because there's a lot of runoffs at Augusta National. Obviously, the greens are incredibly fast. Um, But strokes gained approach is the most important stat. So that's something you want to look for and it helps you kind of key on a few guys. Like you need really good ball strikers. It's going to be really windy on Thursday, Friday for the forecast right now. So there will be a big 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 time premium on uh on guys that are just, you know, known for being great ball strikers for for hitting greens, for hitting fairways. And you don't even have to really hit fairways at Augusta. That's the funny thing. It's it's one of the least penal courses on the entire tour for missing fairways. So, so you can kind of ignore that part of it, but you got to be able to hit greens and you know just knowledge, man. Knowledge is knowledge is king at Augusta. Like I said earlier, only one guy has ever won in the first try, and that was in 1979. Fuzzy Zeller, Jordan Spieth won in his second try. Danny Willett won in his second try. Those guys are outliers. Generally, it's guys who have been around that track many, many, many times uh, that do well there. That's why you see like Bernard Longer every year, who's 60 seven years old i believe he's still dominating on this on the senior tour he shows up makes the cut almost every year at the masters and plays well so that's a couple things that's a couple things i look for
0: that's a a great metric to tell people to try and find
1: because like i was saying a lot
0: of these casual bettors just look and see you know uh, i don't know tony finau plus 6600. I recognize that name. I feel I, you know, I feel like that guy's won a major or two. I, I you know, I've seen him on a Sunday. All right, let me throw it on him. But you're right.
1: He's won no majors. Right. I know. <laughs> He's only Yeah, no, I know I know that, but that's the funny thing. The uh the things people think about guys. Right. Uh, and that's why I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, have... I, I mean, I again. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just, this is a very, like, you know, the US Open, the the British Open, the the Open Championship, the PGA, it's played on a different course every year. Now, granted, there's a rotation, so there is some history, right? But they're moving every year. Every year, this is the only major they come back to the same exact course. So ignoring all the data from the past is a mistake because, you know, it's really important data to have uh and and like i said very few guys show up there like sam burns is a guy this year his first time guy he's in great form he's a great young player he's a great ball striker yeah he you know he's a guy you might want to look out for but you know first time probably not going to work out too well i'll 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 throw a hat in the ring here for the uh for outright win all right first off let me tell you this the last 5 mike the last 5 masters winners odds okay mm-hmm. All of them were above 10 to 1 except one. So Hideki last year, 46 to 1, Mike, 46 to 1 to win. Wow. DJ two years ago, 9 to 1. Tiger, 14 to 1. Patrick Reed was 50 to 1. And Sergio was 30 to 1. So, you know, it's weird. I mean, it's like this weird juxtaposition between. You, you, you pick the familiar guys that know the course but then you know it, it, guys emerge mm-hmm. from like that mid-tier range all right? now here's a guy Matthew Fitzpatrick he's 48 to 1 he's made six straight cuts at the masters all right this is a guy that I've been playing in daily fantasy for years let me down every single time he he makes a lot of cuts Oh, it never seems to like pull it through in the majors. They talk this guy up in the major before every major like he's about to win one and never does. He's in incredible form right now. He's made five of his last six cuts, and all five of the cuts he's made, he's at top tens in big tournaments around the world. He's a great putter. He's a great ball striker. He falls into that, you know, 48 to one, the same as Sergio, Patrick Reed, Hideki you know if if you want to get away from the top guys everywhere you look this week you're going to hear people saying Justin Thomas is going to win or John Rom's going to win or okay great anybody can name the, the, top, the huge the top two guys to yeah yeah that doesn't that doesn't require a great deal of, th- those guys go without saying obviously those guys have a very good chance at winning but as gamblers we're looking for some value so a guy like Fitzpatrick at 48 to 1 another guy that kind of bucks the trend this guy Will Zalatoris 35 to 1 He's played in one Masters, Mike, one. He finished second last year. Yeah. He is a grinder. This guy makes cuts. He's made eight of 10 cuts this year. And when he makes the cut, it's usually a very high finish. He, he's an incredible plotter around the golf course. He, know, he He's incredibly analytical. He's an incredible ball striker. His putting has been a little wonky. That's been the thing kind of holding him back a little bit. It's improving week by week by week. He played well at the match play a couple weeks ago. Thirty-five to one. I think that's incredible value on Zalators.
0: For the record, Fitzpatrick five thousand plus five thousand, which is fifty to one. Uh, Laschewer Matsuyama same number fifty to one. He's dealing with plenty of injuries right now and not totally in form. But um,
1: withdrew withdrew last week at the uh, Te- Valero Texas Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully he comes back. So I would stay away.
0: You know what's funny is every time I do a DraftKings lineup, Hideki is in there. And not recently, I haven't done one in a couple weeks, but last year he was in every one of mine. Uh, it's good to know you got someone like Fitzpatrick or Torres too. Uh, loving this information. Let, let me get a slightly off topic for a sec, because like Jay said, we're going to do a show tomorrow also with some more information, get some last minute bets in as more uh, information presents itself. Jay, you and I used to do a show called Mostly Sports, and one of the questions we would always ask our guests is if you could go to any event in the world, whether it be a Super Bowl, a World Cup final, anything, I would say Sunday at the Masters was in our top three of all time for most of our guests. Where does that rank for you?
1: Two. Two? Okay. Probably two. Wimbledon. Center court, Wimbledon, men's final. Sunday in an Ascot, sipping some champagne. Chocolate strawberries, me and the Queen and Kate and Will's hanging out in the. um, I think that's like. Oh, bro, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for the whole thing. It's strawberries Strawberries and cream, cream. whatever it is. You slather that cream all over me, bro. I I am so in on the Wimbledon experience. But the Masters, you know, I'll dumb it down. I'll go southern. I'll put my overalls on. Give me a pimento and cheese sandwich. I'm down for that as well. Uh,
0: My man Nick Madonna is gonna be there on Sunday. At the Masters, which uh, I am extremely jealous of. I think it would be three for me. Uh, Number two, you're right. Wimbledon center court. Um, I've done a couple of the other ones up there, but I would love to go to a World Cup final. I'm not even a big soccer guy, but once you get international, you know, I grew up in New York, so I think Red Sox-Yankees is the greatest rivalry in sports. Somebody from Michigan or Ohio might say a little differently. Someone from North Carolina is going to say, obviously, very different, especially after what just happened in the Final Four, but to go to like a World Cup final where you got you know it could be Colombia playing Brazil, I think that is the most insane spectacle that I can imagine. Better than anything, I've been to Game Seven World Series, I've I, I've done all that stuff, but uh, yeah, Masters would be three for me. But I want I want that pimento and cheese. So shout out to Nick Madonna if you're going to be there Sunday, we might need to have him uh, record a little something for us because I'm no doubt he'll be in a VIP oh, tent hanging with some of those guys when they come off eighteen.
1: All right. Speaking of food, before we get back to some odds, Master's Champion dinner tonight, Hideki Matsuyama has a nice dinner. He's got some black cod. He's got a little sushi. He's got sashimi. He's got a beautiful wagyu going. He's got a Japanese uh, strawberry shortcake of of some uh, or something or other for dessert. Beautiful looking menu, right? Mike Scavati, what's your uh, what's your Masters? So
0: I, I absolutely love this. Is this might be my favorite part? I know we're sports guys, but this might be my favorite part about the Masters. For those of you that don't know, Champions Dinner is tonight. Last year's winner gets to pick every single thing on the menu. So a lot of people keep it close, you know, to their their whether it be their home country, their hometown, their heritage, all that stuff. I feel like Jay. When people win this, I feel like the easy, easy answer is like just phenomenal steaks, ribeyes all around, Wagyu beef, T-bones, all that stuff with great wine from Napa. If you're going national, that's, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I don't know if I take it back to Italy and have a little pasta bar on the side, you know, spinning a little uh, little pasta and a big wheel of cheese. I mean, I don't know. I love the fact that there's going to be sushi tonight because that's going to be the best of the best. I know you're in Augusta, Georgia, but I mean, sushi is going to be outrageous. You being from Philly, what do you do? Do you do cheesesteaks? Is that too cliche? What do you do?
1: Well, no, that's the thing. I don't do cliche, man. All these dudes, like Adam Scott, one I think he served kangaroo. Uh, you know, like you, you got to. It feels like you got to serve something from where you're yes. from, like geographically desirable, right? F that, man. I'm having a fast food buffet. Love it. I'm bringing in Burger King. I'm bringing in Taco Bell. I'm bringing in McDonald's. I'm bringing in Wendy's, right? We're going to have some Frosties. Uh, I mean, it's gonna. we're going to have a Slurpee machine. <laughs> we're going white trash across the board. We're in the South. Maybe a little Waffle House. I don't know. There's going to be some sausage gravy. I don't know what I'm going to put it on, but I'm going to put it on something. And we're just gonna get into it, man. Yeah, that's what I love it. See, that's the stuff
0: I like because, like I said, you know, just going with steak and you know a good oaky cab from Napa and Sonoma. That's just I feel like that gets done every other year. So I like that, man. I I love that. I I mean, if it was up to me, I'm huge into smoking meats right now. I'd love to have everybody have brisket, and they'd say, "Oh, Mike Scavati, where's he from? Texas? No, he's from New York City, and he lives in Los Angeles." And they say, "What is he doing? Serving brisket?" So. I mean, I love that. Any kind of barbecue. Nobody
1: puts you in a box. God, I could do this. I would they have. can't a tough put you time in a box, you. buddy. I'm glad
0: they give you a full year to figure this out, man, because I would I would have a tough time. I'd be going back and forth. You introduced me to Scrapple a few years ago. Jay and I used to travel around and do football games for uh, for Facebook Live, doing the best high school games in the country, top ten, top fifteen. You introduced me to Scrapple. I think that's like the greatest thing ever. And I remember when we were in the car once and I said, What's Scrapple made from? You looked at me like I was an idiot. You go, Are you serious? I said, what? You go, dude, after they make the hot dogs and the sausage, it's the scraps left over. And I was like, I wish I didn't ta- you hear that. But like, it doesn't change it. I still think it's the greatest thing ever. Don't Google Scrapple. If you're grossed out by what don't you think Google hot Scrapple. dogs are made out of, don't Google Scrapple. Um,
1: Just eat all right. it. So
0: here's the thing, too. Right, I got a, a couple more picks. A couple more picks. Yeah. Remember, we got to tease some because we're going to do a show tomorrow. So keep these people guessing. Have them do a little research or give them out right now, whatever you want.
1: The beautiful thing about the Masters and golf gambling in general is, you know, there's so many things to bet. First round leader bets. I mean, you could go on and on and on. So, you know, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you four outright winners today. I already gave you two. I'm gonna give you a couple top five guys that I, that I think are pretty good, and then we'll uh, we'll save some more for tomorrow. Here's a guy, my guy, Brooks Kepka. Love him or hate him, I love him personally. Love his attitude. Plus 1900. The guy absolutely loves Augusta, Georgia. Right. Made five of his last six cuts. There, did not make the cut last year, which hopefully will drive people away. But he was injured last year; he had an injured knee, so that one makes sense. Prior to that, he had a seventh, a second, an eleventh, and a third, or three years in a row: seventh, second, and eleventh, three years in a row. Incredible form. The guy loves the course. Made the quarters of the match play a couple weeks ago. A bunch of top twenties in the last month and a half. Uh, you know, he's just the guy's in great form. The only thing against him. This is a great stat, Mike. No fair haired person has won the masters in 20. See, I love years. those. I like those. Stats. How wild. Is those that? are the stats. I like forget,
0: forget yeah. greens and regulation. That's the kind of stuff I want,
1: but he's not a natural blonde. So I, I like Kepka. He's, you can get him around 19 to one right now, depending on where you're shopping around 20 to one, 19 to one, really good value. Uh, and another guy kind of chalky pick, just cam Smith. It's hard not to love the, the Australian mullet guy, 15 to one, uh, absolutely owns it there five of five cuts three top tens won the players championship the guy's incredible around the greens gets up and down from everywhere it, just a, a safe play good good play in DraftKings. uh cam smith guy i'm digging a couple top five picks for you michael mark leishman what do you know about mark leishman i like that last name it's a fun name you to have- say that's about it The Australian, man. The Australian's always played decently well there. You you can get him top five at plus 1,000. 10 to 1. The guy's made five straight cuts there, three top 15s, and a a top five last year. He's in incredible form. He's made 10 of 11 cuts this year. Six of those 10 were top 20s. So here you have a guy in great form who loves the course, who's always played well there. You're getting plus 1,000 on a top five. I love, love, love that bet. Uh, and then the last one, Corey Connors, the the happy Canadian with the sweet swing. Incredible ball striker. One of the most beautiful swings on tour. He's made three straight cuts there. Back-to-back top tens at the Masters. Uh, had a great run. Finished third at the match play. Beat DJ. Makes a lot of cuts. Bunch of top 40s. Just fits the profile of a guy that would play well at the Masters. You can get him at plus six fifty. That number seemed a little low to me, so I don't know if I love plus six fifty that much, but it's still a decent price. And I think he's a guy that you want to look at for your DraftKings lineups, and especially you know throw a few bucks on for top five, top ten. I love it. I
0: love it. We're gonna uh, come back to this tomorrow. I want to ask you a bunch more DraftKings questions tomorrow because there's gonna be. Plenty of time, still even tomorrow, to get those lineups in for Thursday morning. Um, anything else you want to say about golf right now? Or I got some NBA questions I got to ask you. Uh,
1: just one more thing on Tiger. You know, Tiger's about, you know, depending on where you're looking, I'm looking at FanDuel right now. We like to look at Bet Online as well. Bet Online's got great odds, but he, he's running around plus 5,000, 50 to 1. Uh, you know, he did have a little limp yesterday as well as he is hitting the ball. I think there's a couple guys, if you want to find some matchups where you can get even money or maybe even a little juice on your side, Russell Henley is a guy that's, you know, the same odds as tiger Adam Scott, uh, who else? Corey Connors is a guy with the same odds as tiger Matthew Fitzpatrick, same odds as tiger roughly. These are good. Like, you know, if you're looking for good head to head matchups, you either think Tiger's going to do well, or you think he's going to limp his way to the finish. I, I think it's great that he's playing. I personally think he's kind of injured still. Yeah. I mean, 14 months ago, he almost had to have his leg amputated. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope he does well, but I'm definitely looking to pick on him in a couple uh, a couple matchup bets with guys that are, are priced around the same. I'm trying
0: to find... I'm looking at the matchups right now for the whole tournament, not even just round one. And... Uh... I don't see much of Tiger on here. I don't think he's on the board just yet. Probably because he's not 100% in. He said as of right now he's in. I think those numbers will pop up tomorrow, but yeah, I'm scrolling yeah. through um bet online here and I don't see anything for Tiger. It's all right. I'll be um, specific
1: tomorrow. ones tomorrow. Yeah, they'll be there tomorrow. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now with uh, with the Masters, those particular players. Obviously, the guys at the top of the field are Chalky, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovlin. Hovland can't putt, but, man, he's an incredible ball striker. So, uh, you know, you can't be mad if somebody picks Hovland to win. But a few off-the-radar guys, those are the guys I'm digging.
0: Cool. All right. We're going to give you some more uh, more info. I, th- I thought that was awesome, Jay. You threw out some some great numbers, some solid picks. We need to get some more to Mitch but uh, we'll be back on tomorrow with more golf for sure. Uh, moving on right now, NBA, couple days left to go. Uh, in the East right now, two and a half games separating numbers one through four. Okay. And then five, six, seven, there's about a two game difference. So a lot of movement could happen, but the 10 are in. For those you who don't know, this year there's 10. I'm going to ask a question about that in a minute. In the West, there's a log jam between five and let's say five and seven right now. Utah Nuggets, Timberwolves, everything else is pretty much set. The Lakers are one game in the 11th spot behind San Antonio with a brutal schedule coming up. Set to lose, I think, three of the next four, maybe even four of the next four because Oklahoma City's a fun team. But that's about what we got going for the next couple days. Jay, explain to everybody right now who might not be totally familiar how the play-in tournament works.
1: Yeah, uh, so basically, top six teams in each conference guaranteed to make the make the the playoffs. Seven through ten will play. Sorry, used to be eight. So six definitely used to be it. Six definitely in. Then seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. What will happen is the seven seed will play the eight seed. The nine seed will play the ten seed. Whoever wins the seven eight game. Gets the seven seed, they're in the playoffs. Whoever wins the 9 10 game goes on the road and plays the loser of the 7 8 game. Whoever wins that game gets the eight seed. So if you're the nine seed or the 10 seed, you have to win two games in a row to get into the playoffs, we'll call them, even though these are kind of the playoffs. So it's an uphill battle. It makes it kind of fun. It's a cool little wrinkle. Lakers are actually two games out of the Spurs for the 10th spot, and LeBron is out tonight against the Suns. Anthony Davis probably out, so you can just fold that tent. The Lakers are yeah. done. Those ten teams are uh, pretty locked, and the Eastern Conference, the ten are locked. But uh, again, you know Brooklyn right now is is only what uh, two and a half games out of well, then now they're four and a half games out of six, so so they're not getting up to the sixth right. seed. But they can jockey up. You want to get out of the 10 spot if you're Brooklyn. If you can get to the seven or eight spot and all you have to do is win one game to get in, that's a way better scenario for them. So there's a lot of motivation. I mean, there's a lot of jockeying right now. I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference uh, between the two seed, or I'm sorry, between the one seed and the four seed, it's only a two and a half game difference from the Heat to the Sixers. Those teams are bunched pretty close together. And then the Bulls and the Raptors are both tied with the same record. Four games to go. The last week of the NBA season is going to be a lot, a lot of fun. A
0: lot of fun. And if it comes down to the Lakers, I think they played Denver last. Denver should
1: kind of have... They're done. Lakers are Lakers are done. They're done. Denver
0: should have that five Not locked up. They're, they're tied with Jazz right now. It's it's fun to watch, especially with me being in LA. I mean, they're eleven and a half point dogs right now against Phoenix, the best team in the league. Phoenix has it locked up. I don't know if you know Devin Booker's playing. I don't know if DeAndre Ayton's gonna play. You probably do, but even so, the Lakers are having a tough time with everybody. And it's it's kind of fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Magic's going nuts. He's yeah. Blaming everybody, blaming LeBron, blaming Stephen A for the Laker, for the Knicks. It's it's too much to keep up with, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just typical. We're not going to spend any time on the Lakers because that's for the, the legacy media to do. Yes. The Lakers are fucking dead. Who, who gives a shit about the Lakers? There's a lot of good basketball teams jockeying for position right now. And, you know, from a gambling angle, from a, a DraftKings to a Daily Fantasy angle, there's a lot of motivation right now. And... You know, a lot of the numbers when you go on these tout sites when they tout guys and you see, you know, minutes and 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 whatnot. Throw that out the window. These teams are now in playoff mode. A team like Utah tonight, dude. Utah is in the sixth spot. They're only a game and a half above Minnesota. You do not want to fall to that seven spot. Utah is going to play so hard tonight. I love Donovan Mitchell as a, as an aside. If you want to do some player props over points or play him in DraftKings. His price is a little down, under 9000 uh, know, There's uh, there's some really, really good plays. And like I said, the next four games of the NBA season are going to be really interesting. And playoff mode has kicked in. Guys are going to be playing real hard in a lot more minutes than they usually play. Uh, Utah, five and a half point favorites tonight
0: over Memphis, who is locked into that two seed in the West, even without Ja
1: Moran. Is Ja going
0: to be back for the playoffs?
1: Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be he'll be all right. I mean, they're they're just rolling, man. I mean, the, like we've said on the show a few times. I mean, with or without jaw, that is a very very deep and solid, well coached basketball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, all right, we're going to keep you updated again. Like I said, we are now on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter at mostly gambling, uh, at Mike Scavati, at Jay Devlin on TikTok. Check in with us every once in a while, because there might be some stuff that comes up uh, off hours when we're not doing the actual podcast, or we do some quick hitters every once in a while, 10, 15 minutes. Um, So check in with us, because we're going to be putting some information up, especially with NBA going to playoffs. Stuff's going to materialize last minute. Jay's going to want to tell you guys about it. So check in with us at Mostly Gambling and Mike Scavati and Jay Devlin on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. Um,
1: Thursday. Let me let me throw a couple plays out, oh, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, let me throw a couple plays out for people. Guess yeah, yeah. we get this up, man. A couple DraftKings plays tonight. Trey Jones, uh, Deontay Murray's going to be out for San Antonio. He's going to be pretty chalky. Four thousand uh, going up against Denver. I mean, Trey Jones kind of a lock. Uh, Orlando, a bunch of injury problems. Moritz Wagner's a guy that maybe people don't know about. He just does a lot of stuff. If he plays twenty-seven to thirty minutes at forty-two hundred bucks, he's going to get you seven-eight x value. Uh, You know, just like I tell you every week on the show, everybody just like go to Fantasy Labs if you for the easiest way to monitor starting lineups and monitor who's in or out. Just go to Fantasy Labs NBA on Twitter. They're really good about keeping it updated uh, because this is the time of year where you can really make a lot of money if you're on it and you're sharp. Because most people aren't going to be paying attention as closely as you are to the injuries and the new starting lineups and, you know, teams like OKC who have maybe eight guys tonight, right? Eight guys. When a team has eight guys, I got news for you. Everybody on the team is in play, and they're all probably pretty cheap, even though the OKC guys are kind of priced up. Uh, Alexi Pokuzewski, Mike, one of your favorite all-time players, Incredible play on DraftKings tonight at 6,700, coming off a triple-double. Brandon Ingram's another guy. New Orleans is playing for playoff position. There's a lot of good plays. Just monitor as much of the injuries and starting lineups as you possibly, possibly can, because there's a lot of value out there. I think
0: that's going to be our most rewound topic uh, that we've covered on the Mostly Gambling Podcast, because I couldn't write that stuff down fast enough, and I talk to you probably 150 times a day but you're going to be getting a text from me later saying, yeah, say that again. I know you said Mo Wagner. All right. Who, uh, I, yeah, I need that. Because those aren't normal names that you said. Those aren't Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron James that your your typical daily fantasy guy, your average guy knows and looks to get in. Those names you said were amazing. And the fact
1: that they're cheap, come on. Nice job. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun time of year, and this is a gambling show, and if people are trying to make a few bucks, I mean, we're trying to have fun and give you some stats and make some jokes, but, you know, it is nice to make a few bucks, and when it comes to, to daily fantasy NBA, it, it is beatable if you are very present on on Twitter, following the beep writers, following Fantasy Labs, following whoever's updating starting lineups and injuries. You can really get in there and, and get some guys that other people might be might not be able to get. Like, there's, you know... Guillermo uh, Hernan Gomez, big Willie uh, from uh, New Orleans tonight, $3,100 center. If Valanchunas is out, he will be the play of the slate. And, you know, Willie Hernan Gomez, keep an eye out for him. One of my all-time favorite plays, when he gets a start, he absolutely smashes. So uh, that's the guy to keep a lookout for tonight. Look for, look for uh, Jonas Valanchunas' injury information. If he's out, plug that guy in immediately.
0: So what's nice is every once in a while, Jay throws me some scraps and shoots me a lineup. Tonight is one of those days I am going to hound him up until 359 West Coast time. Uh, You just gave a whole lineup and not one marquee player
1: in that whole thing. That was that was fantastic.
0: Brandon Ingram, would you say he's a marquee player?
1: Well, he's back from injury and uh you know since the CJ McCollum trade that that team's playing really, really well. well. Uh so I mean Brandon Ingram was playing well all year until he got injured. He was he was not that long. He's come back and they and they didn't ease him back into it. A lot of times in the NBA you see well we'll, we'll run a guy 24 minutes 20. He's back playing 30 minutes and he's a he, high volume shooter. Uh he's facilitating a lot of the offense. Uh, it, I love Ingram tonight. I think he's a great player. Love
0: it. I cashed the other night playing him and he crushed it. I didn't think I had him. I didn't have him in the captain spot in the one game, but it, you know, 50 plus DK points, not too bad. Um, all right, again, some more information coming out tomorrow. This guy knows his stuff. Who's going to be in, who's going to be out. If eight guys are on the roster tonight for OKC, he knows that stuff. So check in with us all over social media. And we're going to be coming at you again tomorrow. Jay, we got a few minutes left. We're going to tease for a little bit for tomorrow, but, MLB bets coming up opening day this week, Thursday, we got, it looks like a little bit of a rivalry week. They stopped kind of pushing that a little bit, but we're opening with Yankees, Sox. There's some fantastic matchups happening. Uh, baseball wasn't really going to happen. And then, you know, at the 11th hour, everyone got it done. Some weird rule changes and all that stuff, which I'm all for anything to speed up this game. Because like I said, before we ask all of our guests what event they would want to go to, We also asked them if they were the czar of sports and they could change one rule in all of sport, what it would be. The two most popular answers, I think, was NFL overtime and shortening the Major League Baseball season. We got one of those this year. The second one, they actually extended. Baseball is going to be even longer. I don't know what's going to happen. Some of these games that start off in Cleveland and Boston and Chicago, there's snow on opening day. They've had to postpone games opening day. Then you get to the World Series and they are loaded up with every kind of winter coat that you could possibly get on a baseball field in the dugout. I don't know what's going to happen this year. They say they're going to get it in time, but I feel like we might be watching baseball on Thanksgiving in a few years with the way things are going. Are you fired up at all for MLB opening day, or is this just me?
1: Uh, Well, you know how it goes with MLB opening day. You get fired up for it, then you forget about baseball until June. So, yes, I am fired up for opening day, but I'm also excited to forget about baseball on Friday until mid-June. Well, so here's
0: the, here's the only problem with what you said. I agree with you. Once you get it back in June, you realize, oh, shit, it's only June. I got a long wait. I'm just getting into the dog days here. June, July, August, man. Come on. That would be one of my rules. I, would sh- I love baseball. I absolutely love it. I would shorten the season to 100 games. And just get it all done before, because by the time the playoffs come around, you got college football, you got basketball starting, you got NFL in full effect. Shorten it up. Own the summer. Absolutely own the summer and part of the fall. You have the playoffs in the fall. Don't do it getting into winter. Just just figure that out. I love it, but shorten it. When we had the shortened season two years ago, that was awesome, man. Because if the Yankees or anybody goes on a three-game losing streak, that's huge for the season. Whereas if you lose a series to Boston in... You know, April, not a big deal. Plenty of time to make up for it. But with that being said, there's an obscene amount of bets, season-long bets that I've been taking a look at with some theory behind it. How about you?
1: Go ahead. Fire away. I, I mean, I haven't looked at much baseball. I'll be honest with you. I've been diving deep into the into the NBA and, and golf. But, you know, my I see my Phillies are 86 and a half and the juice is minus 115 to the over. So, you know, Vegas thinks my Phillies might win close to 90 games this year how do you feel about them do you have a take Uh, I like
0: that I mean you know Washington just kind of cleaned house the Mets uh, this has been the joke in New York as a Yankee fan since you know as long as I could possibly remember even when I was a kid those poor Mets fans it just family guy did a great cartoon where it's you know Stewie at opening day so excited as a Mets fan and then one pitch and then they say and the season's over and it's it's you know satire it's a it's a comic it's funny but it's true because within the last like three days the mets lost jacob de and uh scherzer's got some weird thing going on too Degrom is out indefinitely one of the best pitchers in the last 10 years never getting a chance to get on the field so in that division i i like philly man you guys you guys look great last year uh i don't have any odds on them to win it and they you can get odds on exactly the way the standings will look at the end of the regular season you could bet on anything now guys so if you have any questions about anything please get us at mostly gambling on twitter and ask us anything um one of the bets that i've had so what i've learned from this when i do when i do these season-long props and i have a few that i have in mind i always like to go under okay the last couple years whether it's and full disclosure, I'm a huge Yankees fan, okay, since day one. But with the amount of time these guys take off and the amount of availability that these guys have to injury, the under is a great play on some of these big names. I cashed in probably, I think it was June last year and everything Mike Trout under because Mike Trout got hurt, okay? You don't want these guys to get hurt. But with the amount of days off, think about how old they are. Think about how loaded their team is. These guys need days off. Aaron Judge, you know, and Giancarlo Stanton, I want to go under on every one of theirs, but I'm not going to because I want them to do well. I don't you know, I don't want Aaron Judge hitting under 40 and a half home runs. I want him going way over. I want him going over that by 10 and crushing it. So I'm laying off of that. It's fun to bet on those teams that you like. Okay, if you're a Dodgers fan, you want to go over everything this year. But a lot of those numbers are super inflated because the Dodgers I mean, we always joke about teams going 162-0. and The Dodgers are absolutely loaded, front to back, top to bottom, their bench, everything. And that's with getting rid of A.J. Pollock, bringing in a world-class closer in Craig Kimbrell the other day after getting rid of Kenley Jansen, which I haven't met one Dodgers fan yet who does not absolutely love that move.
1: No, I like it. I mean, dude, baseball betting is phenomenal. Uh, to, to, to go back to your original question, am I excited? I get really excited when the NBA ends, and then I get to dive into baseball for all the nuance that you were just talking about. And yeah. yeah, I mean, baseball is, I mean, sports gambling in general is just so much better than it used to be. There's so much more variety and so many more things to bet on. And that's why a show like this and other shows, gambling shows are so great, because you know, the years of just picking winners, uh, you know, who's going to win this game, who's going to win that game, are over. Over Now you can, like, really dial in. I know you're really good on DraftKings, especially in baseball, at doing single-game showdowns. Yeah. And, you know, that's a skill, man. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to hear your insight on that throughout the year.
0: That, I mean, that's, you know, like you said, you, you just got to be plugged into the right things online and where to get that information. You need to know that Mike Trout is batting, you know, 800 against Noah Syndergaard. They're on the same team this year. The Angels finally picked up some pitching. Um, But those numbers are huge. And just like anything we tell you, that's not going to always work out. The things I put up on TikTok the other day, the Villanova numbers in that game against Kansas, not one of them added up to anything plus Villanova, even though everything about Jay Wright said they're going to win this game. Now, on the flip side, I put something up for Carolina Duke and every number added up for Duke or for Carolina in that game. So depending on which video you watch, you either think we're geniuses or total morons. So those numbers don't always work. Trout could go 0 for 5 when he's batting 800 you know, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast. So take these all with a grain of salt, obviously. Certain things that jumped out, uh, Orioles, Okay, they're in the toughest division in baseball. All right, the the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays and especially the Blue Jays all got better. They were all very good. They're plus 175 to have the worst record in baseball. All right, I like that. I'm keeping an eye on the Orioles. They're also under 61 and a half wins and that's only minus 115. The last 3 years they've had 52, 54 and 47 wins. And the AL East everyone around them just got a lot better. So look at stuff like that. Don't just look at the over-under numbers and say, oh, Dodgers are going to do this. Yeah, well, I mean, I personally happen to agree the Dodgers are going over their number, which I believe is 98 and a half. And I jumped on that right away again, because they are sick. They're playing in a much lesser division than that AL East. But look at the total picture when you're betting. Again, I like betting all these individuals under. Um, Shohei Otani, all right, Jay's boy best player in baseball last year. We haven't seen anything like it. They keep comparing him to Babe Ruth because he pitches and he hits and he plays the outfield. I don't even, and again, diehard Yankee fan here. I think that's unfair to compare him to Babe Ruth, who most people say is the best player of all time. He is so far past Babe Ruth and what he's doing right now. He doesn't have 714 home runs yet, but this guy does everything. We talk about a five-tool player. There is no tool amount that that can even classify this guy his over under on stolen bases this year 23 and a half okay he has 26 last year i don't know what's going on in the managerial office in uh, i'll say anaheim but even though they're called the los angeles angels 23 and a half if you're letting your stud who pitches with like less a sub three R ERA, plays the outfield. And is going to hit you forty home runs. I am not taking any chances on him breaking a finger or jamming a wrist, stealing bases. He had twenty six last year in one hundred and fifty games. I think they dial him back and keep him locked in on first base because I wouldn't risk it with him to take him off the mound for a. Couple That's weeks. a good one. I like that.
1: That's a good one. It's interesting. I do. I like that bet a lot. That's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. But it, it's funny how here you are. You're talking about Otani being better than fucking Babe Ruth, right? And then you have the other generational talent, Mike Trout, alongside of him. Oh, hey, they went well. Noah Syndergaard obviously always gets hurt. But, man, when he gets to take the mound, that guy's pretty dominant. Yeah. All that being said, yeah. the Angels are still only 83 and a half for an over. Yeah. Baseball is a weird sport. You can have the two best players in the game on your team, and you're still not guaranteed to win a lot of games. Right. right. And they added Rendon so, I mean, they, they,
0: they, I mean, they're loaded. And our boy Joe Adele is scheduled to be starting in right field. Jay and I call the uh, area called baseball games Joe Adele up and down last year between the majors and minors. Uh, Joe Adele put on a show for us a few years ago at uh, Long Beach State in that home run derby. But they're finally getting... I used to go to a lot of Angels games. They're finally getting some pitching, which is what they've needed for the last 10, 15 years. They're shedding some big contracts. Pujols is gone. I think they finally stopped paying... uh, What's his name? Hamilton. This past year, that was one of the worst contracts in history, but it's the Anaheim angels. So people don't know that stuff. If it's not New York or Boston or Chicago, St. Louis, nobody knows that stuff. We got to kind of wrap it up here, but I want to, uh, very good. Sorry. I I absolutely cut you off before I said, we got to wrap it up. No,
1: I I love it. you were killing it. I mean, I just thought it was, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm scrolling these over unders and, uh, you know, the angels are sitting at 83 and a half and you're talking about how they have this, you know, incredible talent. They got some pitching, they shed some contracts, I don't know. Over 83 and a half minus 125 seems like a like a pretty tasty bet. I
0: like that. Eighty four and a half. Uh the last three years they've had 77, 72, and 80 wins. But when you take Mike Trout out for almost a full season with for what they said was just a calf injury, uh you get him for a full season. You know, the the objective part of me, not being, you know, the Yankee fan, uh get Trout out of there, man. if if it doesn't work this year, trade him. And Obviously, subjectively, I don't want him going anywhere else besides the Yankees. But objectively, I don't even give a shit if he goes to Boston or Chicago or Toronto or Tampa. Get him into the playoffs, man. I want to see this guy in October. And if if it doesn't work with this team, you have Rendon, Otani, and Trout. Three in your lineup. Tough to find a better one, two, three in a major league lineup. Maybe the Yankees have one, but... One, two, three, those three are absolutely tough to beat. I'm going to keep an eye on the Angels. I got plenty more for you guys tomorrow, some stuff, some Trey Turner, Walker Buehler, Yankees over under, 91 and a half, okay? I know 80% of the people are going to look at that and say, how on earth would that not go over? But you know what? Even though I want the Yankees to go 162 and 0, I am staying away from that bet, and I will tell you why tomorrow. I kind of told you a little bit today. But uh, if you know your stuff, you already know. Otherwise, I will tell you tomorrow. JD, I'm fired up to do back-to-back shows, man. I want to hear more master's info, more daily fantasy. I couldn't write that stuff down
1: fast enough. I love it. Maybe I'll give my phone number out to, uh, to the listening audience, and they can text yeah. me. We'll start a group text. Love it. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. Good work out of you. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Enjoy the evening. Check us
0: out. I'm mostly gambling everywhere. We'll see you tomorrow.